What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. Welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things world wondering stardom right here on the Podmania Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I'm joined as ever by Matt Turner. Matt, how the devil are you, sir? Fantastic, but I got to be honest with you and our listeners. Uh, the other day I was a little concerned. A few days ago it was Ash Wednesday, and I was uh, sitting in church, and I was waiting for the service to start. And our pastor came out, and he was wearing all purple and black. And the first thing that crossed my mind was, oh, no, did he join a weed of tie? <laughs> There's literally no end to uh, to the reach of a weed of tie. No, I was sitting next to my daughter, and I wanted to whisper into her, like, don't turn your back to him. Like, see if there's a chair or somebody running around with a tiger mask. I guess the point I'm trying to make is if anybody ever questions my uh, my love for stardom, this podcast, or pro wrestling – just think I'm literally sitting in the house of God and right before the service starts, the first thing I'm thinking of is, uh, is our pastor. Did he join the evilest group in stardom? <laughs> the idea of him carrying out like Ruwaka's terrible, like vegetable crate and just event, just going to town on someone is, is um, yeah, well, thankfully, obviously, uh, your pastor didn't turn out to be a wet attire unless it's like a, a sleeper cell or something like that. But Jesus not, Christ. Not, yeah, I'll, keep, I'll keep you posted. Please do. Please do. I feel like this needs to be a constant weekly thing, you telling us what members of the clergy have joined a wet attire. Um, it's another wrinkle to the podcast, my friend. <laughs> it needs to be its own segment. 
Um, so yeah, as we record this, it is the 5th of March, Stardom have just run another show, but obviously it's not up on Stardom World yet, so we aren't going to be uh, reviewing that, but there is so much to be talking about, obviously as we talk at the end of this month, in 21 days, we have got World Climax, the first show of World Climax, of course, both nights, the full cards have now been announced, and we're going to be talking about those later on in the show but just before we get into anything Matt good grief they are stacked cards like unbelievable cards aren't they yeah you know I mean you text back and forth quite a bit and I've always uh, I'm always a big fan of the, the two wrestling shows the two big wrestling shows that we joke in my household that are like holidays and that's Wrestlemania and uh, uh, the Tokyo Dome show Wrestle Kingdom and, uh, you know, me and you've been talking back and forth in the last few years uh, and this year, WrestleMania and Wrestle Kingdom are back-to-back nights. I'm honestly way more excited for these two shows, World Climax from Stardom, than I am them two shows. Just because of just how Stardom's built the card and just the star power. And literally, I mean, you can look at any of the title matches. Obviously, there's you can have three different champions come out on either the red belt or the white belt, I don't think anybody would be upset if you Tommy came out as the white belt champion or if Tam came out as the white belt champion or if Mayu came out as the red belt champion. Uh, I mean, literally, it, you can go any way. And then plus you have the return of, you know, one of the three daughters, you know, Kyrie, uh, And then plus just loads of, you know, other matches as well. I mean, yeah, both these cards are completely stacked and I'm so excited to watch them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've said that there's going to be a couple of weeks um, over the over the next months where we are going to be so ridiculously busy doing podcasts that I don't honestly know whether I'm, you know, where I'm going to be able to fit things like you know sleep or food in. But um, that week where we review both those shows, I mean, I imagine the interest in Stardom is going to skyrocket. So I am very, very excited to be talking about that. Um, Obviously, we have got um, the first full card of the first New Blood show. So we're going to be talking about that. We're talking about the shows from the 26th and the 27th, which house some really good, like, low-key matches. And again, set up matches heading into World Climax. We had some... Real breaking news from the press conference to do with World Climax in regard to DDM as well. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be previewing the cards from today's we record the 5th and um, the 6th as well. And then we've got a couple of questions to get through as well. It's never quiet on the Stardom cast, Matt. And uh, we always we always joke before we come on air about how maybe this is the one that's going to be a shorter episode. And I, I just don't see it with this one. <laughs> Um, but enough of that. Let's let's delve headlong into some of this news. So on the 11th of March, um, Stardom are running the New Blood show, uh, the first of what I hope to be many, um, where they're going to be showcasing a lot of the younger talent and the less experienced talent um, alongside talent from other companies. Um, they did a press conference for that um, earlier this week. And that has brought about the first full card, which I am going to go through now. So we have got Aweta Tai, Starlight Kid and Ruwaka versus the pro, the World Women Pro Wrestling Diana pairing of Haruka Yumasaki and Nanami. We've got the return from injury of Saya Ida, which I am just so excited about. Uh, she's going to be teaming with Hannah against the Just Tap Out pairing of Tomoka Inaba and 
um, AOE. Again, if I butcher these names, I apologize. Um, the Queen, Queen's Quest team of Saya Kamatani and Lady C will be taking on the Donna Del Mondo team of Mirai and Mei Sakurai. Um, the Cosmic Angels team of Yunagi Sayaka and Wakasukiyama will be taking on the marvelous team of Maria and Aihozan. And then we have got a singles match with Momo Kogo of Stars taking on Sayaka from Gato Move Pro Wrestling. And then, of course, in the main event is going to be Utami Hayashishta versus the debuting Mio Mashida. Um, on that card, Matt, we have got a variety of different companies. Obviously, we've got Diana, we've got Just Tap Out, we've got Gato Move, we've got Marvelous. If this does nothing else but strengthen ties between stardom and other Joshi promotions around Japan so that we can get these dream matches effectively. I know that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily class these as, you know, an in inverted commas dream matches, but if it does lead to that, if it leads for multiple platforms for, you know, women to hone their craft, um, then I can't see this being anything else other than a good thing, surely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really not much more for me to say other than absolutely. You know, you have to keep the the door open. You know, at the end of the day, it's all one big giant wrestling business. And we're all everybody's trying to, you know, make everybody better. And whether that's loaning a talent to somebody or having a talent go somewhere else. I mean, we keep talking, seems like every week about how the stardom roster just keeps growing. And where are they going to put, you know, so-and-so like when Konami comes back, you know, where, where is she going to fit in? Um, it's the stardom roster is huge. And maybe this is a point where maybe, okay, well, you know, maybe we'll send a Momo Kogo to, you know, TJPW, or maybe we'll send uh Ruwaka and Starlight Kid, you know, for uh, some sort of tag division tournament that they have just to help them out. And then maybe they'll get, you know, somebody in return, excuse me, in return when needed. Yeah. But it looks like this is, uh, this can, can be nothing all but good. And then we have Miyu who's literally debuting, you know, Get it going right into the frying pan with the former Red Belt champion in Utami Hayashista. So uh, excited to see where that goes. I know Rossi Ogawa said he's really high on uh, Miyu. And considering the fact that she hasn't wrestled before, that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to go in there. But at the same time, you know, she's in the ring with uh, one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. So I'm excited to see it. Uh, you know, truth be told, I only know maybe outside of the uh, stardom participants, I only know maybe of two or three of the other competitors. But I'm uh, I'm excited to see it, and I'm excited to expand my uh, Joshi knowledge. Um, I'm glad you said that. I wanted to piggyback on that point because I'm very much the same. Aside from uh, Maria from Marvelous, because of the work she does uh, or she did in stardom, I'm not overly familiar with the non-stardom participants on this but <clears throat> there is a thread which i will link in the podcast description which is from the stardom joshi pure Aresu, um facebook group with um i think it's been posted by dave coomans i could be wrong um but he's listed um a couple of the people on this card and just things like uh, their experience some match recommendations that you can go and check out um and you know for example um we find out that nanami who is going to be in the opener against starlight and Ruwaka, is 15 years old like that's that's ridiculous i mean i know rena is 15 i know hina is obviously 15 as well but it never ceases to amaze me that i teach children older than that 
and yet they're going to be in the ring with the likes of Starlight Kid. Um, so go and check out that thread if you aren't familiar with those wrestlers. It really is a really good piece of um, piece of something to use. I can't think of the word. It's very early. Um, let's delve straight in then to some of the matches that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. So we go to Stardom in Himeji from the Akria Himeji Exhibition Hall on Saturday the 26th of February in front of an attendance of 262 people. Um, we open with a singles match with Mina Shirakawa defeating Rina with the implant DDT in 8 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, Matt, any notes about this episode, uh, This match? Sorry. No, they worked really hard. It was just really weird. They do very, very little singles matches on these, you know, quote-unquote road to shows, and it was weird where, you know, the booking, where it's like, well, let's have a singles match. Let's do it with Mina and Rina. I just thought that was kind of odd, but it's getting, you know, obviously they're very high on Mina. Rina, you know, 15 years old, she has that future stardom title shot coming at the end of World Climax, so... I mean, maybe they wanted to get a little more spotlight there, but it was kind of when I was going through their matches and I was like, this is the one match that they're going to put the singles. You know, OK, I had fun with it. You know, it only went eight minutes. It did what it needed to do. Uh, they both worked hard. And, uh, you know, it's not something that's absolute must see. No, I think, to be honest, the the main thing about this is to give Rena more singles reps ahead of her um extremely important future of stardom championship match against the sister hannon so the more singles reps we get the more of a spotlight we can get on rena than that builds her ahead of that but yet yeah, of of the two cards it's probably the match you don't really need to see um moving on then to match two which was a tag team match the donna del mondo team of mirai and natsupoi defeating the stars team of kogama and hannon with natsupoi pinning hannon with the backlash in 7 minutes and 26 seconds. Now, Matt, of the 6,835 possible combinations open to Donna Del Mondo in terms of tag teams, um, where does the team of Natsupoy and Mirai stand for you? Somewhere in the top 1,000. Uh, <laughs> Just about breaks that top 1,000. Yeah, I think, so that's what, top 50%? Uh, no, I like, I, like, I like both these competitors. Natsupoy, I mean, she's... She's she. I mean, my my wife's favorite uh, wrestler in stardom. She likes the wrestlers that do the high flying and that are doing constant, constant movement. So, and, and it's it's easy to get behind Nasa Boy. She just has that endearing factor when she comes out to the ring. And uh, you know, Mariah, I'm a big fan of because she's one of the heavy hitters. You know, I, I like hard hitting, hard hitting wrestling, and I'm a big fan of Mariah. Uh, the my one big takeaway that I had from this match, you know, we talked about it when Azumi won the high speed division, and we kind of figured they were going to graduate Starlight Kid to the uh you know up the card maybe to the white belt here is you know who's going to come in to fill some of the voids for the high speed division and literally the first note i written was uh, i like these hey hannon in the high speed division just because her exchange in the beginning with not support and maybe that was a little bit of a trial um you know i think that's maybe somewhere they can go like they do need you know some more opponents for azumi and that would be a good match that i'd like to see somewhere down the road again we're talking about reps and reps and with the right people you know, Zumi's one of the hottest wrestlers in wrestling coming off that match with Starlight Kid. And, you know, you give her and Hannah a nine, 10 minute high speed match. Uh, I think that would only be beneficial. Um, really, my only one negative note in this match is there wasn't not enough Mirai. It was kind of like the not show in this match. 
Yeah, it, it, that didn't particularly bother me if I'm if I'm being brutally honest. But I do I do see what you mean, and Natsupoi was in both this and the main event of uh, Night Two quite a lot. But again, when Natsupoi is as good as she is, that that really doesn't bother me. In terms of the chemistry between Mirai and Natsupoi, I thought they had. You know, I, I think this might be the first time they've teamed as an actual tag team as opposed to a multi-woman. So I thought they did tremendously well. You've got Mirai using Natsupoi like Terry Funk using a ladder, which I thought was brilliant. Um, and then you've got Poi running up Mirai's bridging body to hit a double foot stomp onto Hannon, which looked great. Um, it's just another another really solid match without, you know, too much to take away. Though I must admit, Mirai genuinely struggling to remember which corner she's supposed to be in really, really made me laugh. Um, but yeah, overall, I gave it two and three quarter stars. It's It's a fun little match, but certainly not essential viewing. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I was a solid three stars. And I, we... Unintentionally mentioned Terry Funk a lot on this podcast, which can only be another bonus because who doesn't love Terry Funk? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> when you think, when you watch Stardom, you can't help but think Terry Funk. It just seems they go hand in hand. Um, we move on then That's to Terry Funk. <laughs> love Terry. He's great. Um, six woman tag team action: Donna Del Mondo team of Himika Mika and Suri defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Yunagi, and Wakasukiyama with Mika getting the pinfall over Wacker with the Sazanka in 15 minutes and four seconds. Bless her heart, but you look at this matchup, you see the Donna Del Mondo team of Maiga Himika and Suri. There's not a weak link in that match. Then you, uh, Sorry, in that team. You then look at the Cosmic Angels team and you you can't help feeling that, yeah, Wacker's taking the pinfall. <laughs> this isn't she, bless her. What is uh? What's more common in these six or eight person tag matches? Waka getting a pinfall, or in a multi person match, Death getting the pin? Like if you had to choose one that you absolutely <laughs> had to have right, what would you choose? I mean, geez, they're both kind of sure bets. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If you're ever given a decent bet on Waka being uh, the pin eater at the moment, you take it. I do feel so sorry for her, but ultimately, if this is building towards, you know, we've we've mentioned it before, we've mentioned it especially off the back of the uh, Cinderella show in uh, Nagaoka. If they're building to her being the baby face that eventually takes that future of stardom belt off uh, off May Sakurai, then I'm all in because they're building it extremely well. Um, it just, it seems to be, it's an, it's no, it's a no-brainer. You, you get Wacker's first singles victory over May Sakurai after, you know, eating all of these losses after you become more and more emotionally invested in Wacker. And, you know, she is against three of the strongest in stardom. And I didn't think she looked out of place at all, Matt, in this match. I actually thought she looked really good. She's been looking really good in these losing. And again, I, you know, I talk about it a lot. You know, wrestling is the one sport that you can lose a match, but actually, you know, really win and i thought that there was she did it here again i mean my notes i had that her and her and himika these past few shows they've had really good chemistry together because himika is just you know so big and she just feeds for wakas for those constant forearms and then she just annihilated with like one clothesline you're just like man you feel so bad for her excuse me you feel so bad for her because she's trying to chip away at this giant mountain but then the giant mountain just takes one slap you know, at, at poor walk and she goes down and her selling is just, it's so good. It's so believable. Um, Siri, the Syrian Tam stuff, I thought was the best stuff here. Uh, you have the red belt champion against somebody that's been the upper part of the card for the last year and a half. So, you know, maybe that's somewhere where they go for a future title shot. I have no problem with that. And I thought the uh, Unagi and uh, Micah stuff was really, really good. That's a singles match somewhere that I'd want to see down the road. 
I thought when Stars team was, I'm sorry, the Cosmic Angels team got going, I thought Tam and Waka's stuff together was really, really good. I thought their double team spots was really good. And Waka, you know, I always say she's a master of those inside cradles where she builds them like one or two or three after another. She did like the Marafuji Tiger Suplex roll up. And what I mean by that, I'm sorry, Tiger Suplex slide. What I mean by that is you'd always see Marafuji from time to time. He'd have somebody for the double chicken wing, like he's going to give him a tiger suplex, but instead of dropping him on their head, he would just uh, like slide his hips down and it would, it would call him to almost like a backslide pin. And I've been seeing Waka do that quite a bit. And so she's added that to her repertoire as well, which I thought was, was, was really good. But ultimately, yeah, yeah uh, Waka uh, succumbs to the, uh, the double and triple team spots of uh, the DDM team. And uh, as we kind of figured, she ate the pinfall here, but I thought again, you know, they're building her up the right way by, you know, with all the, all of her losses, because she is getting a lot in, you know, a lot of ring time in, whether it's on the defensive or offensive. But I thought this uh, match was uh, was solid, and I gave it three solid stars. Yeah, I'm the same. I thought, again, it's one of those really solid undercard tags that, yes, ultimately you're going to forget come, you know, next week. But in the midst of this show, I thought it was a really, really solid outing. Once again, the work they're doing with Wacker is tremendous. You naggy, you know, to think that I was so dismissive of her... Um, last year and and you know i still stand by the fact that i was rightly dismissive of her in a push um now she's one of the most entertaining on the roster um like i said before she is my early pick to win the goddess of stardom tag league with mina um but i think the work she does with micah similar to the work she does with hazuki i think those two are the two women on the roster that unagi has really 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 good chemistry with um, and they're two singles matches that I would love to see. Obviously, I know Yanagi and Micah have had singles matches in the past. I want to see it again because I'm selfish. Um, let's move on then to the semi-main event, which was a six-woman tag team match with the stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, and Momokogo, defeating the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia Tekla and Mei Sakurai with Hazuki getting the pinfall over May with the Mishinoku driver 2 in 11 minutes and 12 seconds. Now, to me at least, Matt, I don't know how it came across to you, but it feels like May definitely suits more of a heel than a babyface in Cosmic Angels. Um, she seems to be more at home playing this pretentious character than attempting to be or attempting to make the audience feel like she's more of an endearing one. What about you? As far as like an old school 70s, 80s heel goes, I think uh, ever since the turn, May Sakurai is the probably the top heel. And I don't mean like drawing heel. I mean, just somebody you just wanted to see get her get her ass beat just because of what she did to poor Waka. And she's coming off like she comes through that curtain with that smug look on her face with the coat half off her shoulders, thinking her crap doesn't stink. And you're just like, man, I hope somebody kicks her in the face. And that's what you want to go for. That's what they're going for. That that That's what I want to see. And I was so thrilled to see the end of this match, having Hazuki just drop her right on her head for the pin. And again, that's that's pro wrestling. That's, still, that's perfect, perfect, simple storytelling. Um, I thought this match was solid here. You know, we talk about Tekla doing the Toxic Spider, how cool it looks, you know, into the spear. And there are certain people they will sell it a certain way. You know, we put over how Starlight Kid, she dummy turns and she waits to the last second to take the spear. And some people don't know how to take it. They're just staring at Tekla, waiting for her to get up from the bridge and then they eat the spear, which to me, you know, makes no sense. Why would you look at the bus when it's coming to hit you? Get out of the way. But the way Mayu sold it, I thought was different and it was genius. Like she saw the spear coming. But what she did is she went to go do like an offensive maneuver. 
that, okay, maybe I have time to maybe hit a drop kick or a kick. And as she was running into Tekla, it was just, it just came too fast, too quick. And she ate the spear. So that's literally the first note I have written here. It's just Mayu, just again, just completely different than anybody on the roster or wrestling and how she just sells and how she feeds into uh, offense. So I thought that was really good. Um, but overall, yeah, it was, it was solid here. You know, Momo Kogo got, got a lot of good stuff in uh, as well. You know, she was in the ring quite a bit. It seems like they have her in the ring a lot when it comes to these multi-person teams. And that's only going to benefit her. She's only going to get better by, by ring time. But I thought this, this, this was solid. And this was, uh, this was really well. But to piggyback on your further point is, yeah, once they do this eventual DDM split, Maya's definitely going to uh, the heel faction, which I think is going to be Julia's. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when they did, before May turned back on Cosmic Angels, they did an interview and they asked May who who her big influence was and she actually said julia ahead of tam so it would it's gonna it makes perfect sense for may to go with julia to be honest if they do this ddm split which again we're going to be talking about in terms of this world climax um press conference it makes sense to split them as julia tekla and mirai and may sakurai as one set of four and then natsupoi suri micah and himika as another set of four whether they do that i don't know whether there's you know interesting little tidbits further on down the road i don't know but even so um it was interesting to hear you talk about you know how may is coming across as a heel because i've seen quite a few things about her having for lack of a better phrase because i know he's an absolutely lovely guy but x-pack heat where yep. it's not <laughs> like yep do you think it's X-Pac heat, you know, for lack of a better phrase, or to talk about it in more modern terms, you know, Baron Corbin heat, where you don't enjoy them getting the shit beaten out of them, for lack of a better phrase. You just want them to be off your TV because they're incredibly annoying. Or do you think that May is playing this heel role perfectly, understated and perfectly? I was just interested to know what your thoughts on that were. Literally, as usual, Rob, me and you are always on the same page. Literally, as I was giving my, uh, you know, talking about me, I literally had the words X-Pac heat in my mouth, but I just didn't <laughs> want to say it just because I, he's been doing a whole bunch of indie shows with people that I know that are on, and I, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about him because people just, you know, these young and uppercomers and people that I've known in the business are on these shows with X-Pac and have literally nothing but the best things to say about him. So, uh, so good on him. But yeah, basically the X-Pac heat over the nineties was just like go away heat. So it's a little bit of that where it's just like, if she's not in the match or not on the show, it's, you know, no one's going to care. But at the same time, if she's in the match, people just want to see her, you know, take the pin or, you know, get beat up by someone like, you know, a Hazuki, a Mayu, you know, a, a hard hitter, like a, like a Momo, um, and I guess now I think about it, I mean, we have one of the hardest hitters is in DDM and Sherry. So, I'm, you know, if they do the split and it goes that way, I'm sure, you know, we will be paying close attention when Sherry just beats the bejesus out of her with kicks. <laughs> but uh, no, you're, you're, you're on point. And I think that's what they're going for. That's clearly what they're going for. And they're hitting a home run right off the bat. You can tell in her facial expressions, like I say, the way she carries herself in the ring and what she does in the ring. They want her to be the person that people will pay to, uh, to get beat up. Pay the seat to get beat up, excuse me. So, uh, again, I think that it's genius what they do at the top of the card and middle of the card. And, you know, no disrespect to her and Waka, but they're at the bottom of the card and they're building up this feud to making it interesting. So, all around the booking at Stardom is just completely solid. I like the way as well that they've capitalized on May not getting over with the audience and they are using her to make baby faces like Waka or even Momo Kogo 
even more endearing by proxy, which I think is is superb booking. You know, talking about her in ring, um, I know we're focusing a lot on May Sakurai, but to be fair, they focused a lot on May Sakurai in this match. Um, there's still moments where, if you compare her to Momokogo, for example, and I know that we did this during um, the Cinderella Journey show in Nagaoka, but with them both being in this match, I found it, I found it even more. Um, prevalent that Momokogo just gets it. She's in position, she's moving with confidence, and whilst May has certainly improved, there's still moments, and it tends to be the opening exchanges when she's running the ropes. And I don't know if it's a case of just she's cold, or, you know, it's a case of nerves not having, you know, the adrenaline not having taken over. You know, you are definitely the person to talk to about, you know, how it feels to be in the ring. Um, But I was just wondering, did you notice that as well, that she seems to start matches very, very slow and then sort of eventually goes, gets into a different gear and looks a lot better? Or was I just looking for things, Matt? I didn't really look at that. I never, uh, pay, I'll pay, me, uh, excuse me, I'll pay more attention to, to that. Um, but speaking for someone who's, you know, been in the ring, it's, you know, sometimes you're going, you could do all the squats and push-ups or whatever you want, but you're still going to the ring a little bit cold. Sometimes that first bump you take, it's like, getting thrown into like a cold ocean. And then once your body warms up and you kind of adjust to it, then you can kind of get going. I know that's the way it is with me and a lot of people. So maybe the, uh, that's what it could be. That That's what it could be. Uh, and again, just, you know, more reps is only going to get her more confident. So that's something that I didn't see, but really wasn't on the lookout for. But I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. And I will definitely be uh, taking a close look at, um, at, you know, next time that she's in the ring. Um, just wanted to finish off by saying, I don't know if you've seen the photos on social media of uh, Tekla and Julia, but Tekla is jacked. Like, you look at her arms, and Julia is obviously incredibly fit and incredibly cut, but in in comparison to Tekla, there is a photo on Twitter, and I, I do encourage people to go and check it out, where... Julia and Tekla are posing next to each other. And even Julia's face is like, Jesus Christ, the size of Tekla's biceps is ungodly. Have you seen these photos, Matt? Yeah, I have where they're working out. So obviously, you know, when they do the DDM split, like you talked before, it's pretty clear which four is going with which four. But how funny would it be if Tekla's just like, you know, they do like a, a YouTube video where they're, where they're in the gym working out. And at the end of the workout, they're going to get their protein shakes or smoothies. And like, oh, by the way, I'm going to share. I'm going to I'm going to go on uh, Sherry's team. You know, see, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> you got me into stardom. Thank you. But now I'm I'm going on my own. That would be hilarious. <laughs> see, yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> uh, I gave this match three stars. What about you? I was three and a quarter. Yeah. So I was right there with you, buddy. Let's move on then to the main event. Um, one of two ma- pardon me, main events that saw the eight women tag format and had Lady C teaming with Queen's Quest in back-to-back main events, which was great. Um, this one saw the Oedetai team of Momo Watanabe, Saki Kashima, Ruaka, and Starlight Kid defeating the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Aishishta, Azumi, Sayakamatani, and Lady C with the freezer bomb. Ruaka pinning Lady C with a freezer bomb in 17 minutes and 38 seconds so a couple of things before we delve headlong into this match first thing i want to say is i really really enjoyed both these main events um but matt we've had a few weeks now of short-haired utami are you still opposed to it uh, 
I get less and less. I just something I got used to. Again, the big thing with Utami is, especially during that red belt run, she carries herself like as a st- everything she does between the 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 robe, the entrance, you know, with the flag, uh, the rose, the mask, and the, just the way her long hair was with the with the red, uh, you know, the red tips dyed. I just thought that added just so such a dynamic to it. Um, you know, by no means is it going to be something I'm going to turn off the TV and just be like, ah, oh, she's terrible because she cut her hair. But uh, I'm getting more and more used to it. Again, I like the long hair better. But um, I'm going to throw a question at you. I don't know if we talked about that. Lady C has a new look, obviously, with the new gear and the new hair. And she looks like she's been hitting the sun or the tanning uh, bath, uh, booth a little bit and uh, the gym as well. She looks like she's getting a little more cut. So kudos on to Lady C. You know, we talked about when she joined Queen's Quest. That she's literally in, you know, the best of the best as far as the entering goes. That she'd have to do something to to change it up, and I think she really has with this new look. Yeah, and actually, one of my notes is she's being integrated more and more into the Queen's Quest fold. We were we were a little worried initially. Well, no, we weren't worried. That's unfair. But we did point out how you are replacing this presence that is Momo Watanabe with this rookie in Lady C. However, they're doing a good job of slowly but surely integrating, and not only with her look, but of course, she's the one that's carrying the Queen's Quest flag, which you know, as she's the only one without a ring jacket, makes perfect sense. Um, I think as she is the tallest, it makes sense to carry that absolutely enormous flag because giving it to the smaller Azumi seemed really unfair. Um, But I thought she felt in these two main events, and again, you know, we mentioned it so many goddamn times, but reps, after having these reps, you know, both main events went 17 minutes. You're against Oeritai in the first one, then Donna Del Mondo in the second one. And she was in the ring a lot. Same with Mei Sakurai. So the more chance she gets to fight with these people, the better she's going to get. And I thought she didn't seem out of place in these matches. And that's a real compliment. You know, you've got a lot of people in these matches who are phenomenal. Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe, Yutami, Izumi, Zaya. And to not stick out when you've only got, what, 16, 17 months ring experience, I think is testament to how much work she's doing. So I was a big, big fan of that. Obviously, we got the uh, the brief, all too brief, unfortunately, exchanges between Momo and Yutami, and they were predictably fantastic. Same with the kid and Azumi um, exchanges as well. Overall, considering this went 17 minutes, you know, easily the longest match on the card, I thought this was another really, really, really solid, entertaining match, Matt. Yeah, um, for someone who does a lot of tag team wrestling, when you do uh, tag team spots, it can be a little tricky because you have to get the timing down, you have to get the ring positioning down, you have to get the double team down, and not only do they do tag spots, but they did triple team spots and not, like four on one spots, which to me that just kind of blew my mind. I'm like, geez, sometimes when I'm putting together these tag spots, you really got to walk the opponent through, you know, where they need to be just to make sure it's right, and they're doing it with an extra person and sometimes two extra people. So to me, that was, you know coming from an insider, you know, looking at things, putting things together behind scenes. To me, I thought that was, you know, kudos to all four or five ladies, you know, when it came to doing those spots. Um, You mentioned the little singles breakdowns we got. We also got a little bit of a tag breakdown with the, I guess, the new MK sisters, uh, Momo and Starlight Kid uh, versus Aphrodite. So maybe that's somewhere where they go uh, in the future. I mean, it only makes sense whether it's for the titles or not for the titles. You know, count me in. I thought the finish was it was good. Everything it made sense, but I think it was just kind of odd that they gave Ruaka, uh, you know, the the earliest, the, you know, the 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 junior member of the team, you know, the win. Where I thought would have went to a Momo, a Starlight Kid, or you know, Saki. There seemed to be building up slowly 
here in the last few months. So uh, I thought it was good. Um, I know during the backstage promos, you know, Ruaka's all about like, I'm going to hit you with the freezer bomb. I'm going to hit you with the freezer bomb, which she's in her promos. Ta- keeps talking about her finisher, you know, the freezer bomb, the freezer bomb. So this way it's kind of stuck in your head that like, okay, that's her move. So, um, you know, in a way, psychology way, it makes sense. You know, if they're, if they're going to talk about that in the promo and then you're going to see it out there in the ring, you're linking one and two up. Uh, which makes sense. But this was my favorite match uh, on the show. I gave this three and three-fourth stars. I thought this was excellent. Yeah, I gave it three and a half. I mean, again, we are more or less along the same lines. I thought that what they're doing with Lady C, and this is this is made even more um, obvious in the pre-match, in the post-match, and uh, the post-match shenanigans, for lack of a better word. Um, I love the fact that they're signaling her out as the weaker member. And Oedetai did that fantastically here. And obviously, um, Ruaki getting the pin with the free to drop. I don't mind it. Um, ultimately, you know, Momo and Starlight Kid have been kept incredibly strong anyway. Saki had three wins on the bounce the other week. So, you know, and then had the title match with Tekla. So she's on the up and up anyway, irrelevant of getting the, you know, a pin on a throwaway main event of a, ta- of a road to show. You know, we keep calling them that, but... Um, but I did like the fact that it was Lady C and it was Ruwaka who got the pinfall over Lady C. And in my opinion, that is going to lead to somewhere. So post-match, um, I just want to quickly say that there was some really innovative moves from Queen's Quest as well. You've got Azumi doing the double foot stomp off of Lady C's shoulders onto Ruwaka. I thought that was really cool. And then we had the Holy Demon Army finish again um, from Lady C and Utami. So there was definitely some uh, some cohesion there. Um between the members of Queen's Quest, which apparently Starlight Kid doesn't see because post-match she lambasts Queen's Quest for not being united despite their singles accolades. Um, Momo Watanabe then suggests a best-of-five series, but not in a conventional sense, uh, but determined by a tug of war. And Stardom World actually put up a little bit of an explanation as to what was meant by this tug of war, because when Momo announced it, <laughs> um, the crowd apparently didn't know what she meant, because Momo had to proper go, you know what I mean? Yeah, tug, tug of war? And the crowd was sort of like, okay, we'll, we'll just go with this. So a little bit of a, uh, a rundown of what that means is, so according to Stardom World, this is a New Japan concept from the Showa era. There are five ropes tangled in the middle of the ring, with the ends of the five ropes going to both sides of the ring. The teams are on opposite sides of the ring. The tangled ropes are generally hidden from their view. They can only see the ends of the ropes on their side of the ring. So all five team members grab a rope and pull and whoever has the other end of your rope that is who you are wrestling in the singles match um, and then obviously in the same style as any best of five whichever unit wins the most out of the five singles matches wins overall so i like the concept because you know we're not just you know setting five singles matches you've got the potential to see that utami versus momo singles match saki versus azumi will be incredibly exciting starlight versus saya could be another really good one i think that we are going to see lady c versus ruaka and in that post-match promo between kid and momo watanabe they signal um lady c out as the weak link in this unit um, you know, Lady C hasn't had a pinfall victory since she's been a part of um, Queen's Quest. Wouldn't it make sense that in this best of five series, she gets a pinfall victory and she gets it over Iwaka? Because yeah. 
Maybe that would make sense. What if that's the deciding fall? That's a good way to push her off the card. What if it's uh, obviously it's going to come down to two, you know, two versus two. It's going to come down to the fifth fall. What if it's her that gets the win? And that's a good way to really, you know, put some stock into Lady C. Mm, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think we could see a Starlight versus Sire. Um, depending on whether Sire comes out of this World Climax weekend as the White Belt champion, which again is debatable. Um, depend, you know, when we look at the cards, you'll see why Sire and Starlight could be a White Belt match that I'd be very, very excited to see. I think Momo versus Utami, this could be where we see this singles match. Obviously, they seem to be moving away from it on the World Climax shows. So this could be a time where not only is it an important thing, but it's also got um, those connotations of unit versus unit, not just the singles matches. Azumi versus Saki, I think, could be really, really good. I've said for months and months and months and months, I'd love to see Saki Kashima in the high-speed division again because I think she's she works really well with the likes of Azumi, with an Atsupoi, with Starlight, so it makes sense. However, those of you that are better at maths than I am uh, will realise that uh, there's only four members of Queen's Quest and not five, so this means that there is a mystery member going to be taking part on behalf of Queen's Quest. Now, it's, it's not me, Rob. I'm just letting you know. I have not heard any oh. booking information. So it's not, if, any, if anything changes, you will be the, I will tell you before I tell any of my family, but you got to kayfabe it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Matt Turner is being a part of Queen's Quest, an honorary member of Queen's <laughs> Quest. They're putting uh, the feud between Lady C and Matt on the back burner um, in, uh, <laughs> in terms of this. But Well, well that's how it's going to lead. It's going to be like, you know, Kawada and Tawe, the Holy Demon Army, where they had this feud, and at the end, they shook hands and then created the greatest tag team in the history of wrestling. I think that's where they're going with it with me and Lady C. But I have to, again, I have to talk to the booking committee. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just keep us all informed. I think that's the most important thing. <laughs> absolutely. Of course. Um, now, it does, it does offer um, a couple of interesting uh, avenues. Now, this you know, Lady X, which she's been advertised as, which we seem to have every other month in stardom at the moment. Um, she is also going to be on the card for the World Climax shows as well. Now, whether this is simply going to be the returning Hina, which is possible, um, I mean, you've got the day before. So this is due to take place at the venue that I can never say in Tokyo on March 12th, the Takadano Baba. I got it right, I think. Someone will tell me I've got it wrong, but that sounded right. Absolutely. Nailed it, brother. (laughs) Um, This is on March 12th, which is the day after the New Blood show. So could this be Utami has the match with Miu and then offers her a place in Queen's Quest? Therefore, you know, Miu is the fifth. Um, Maybe it's Mei Hoshizuki. I've seen that name bandied about. Obviously, Mei and Azumi have um, a rivalry, a friendly rivalry. Um, they've said they wanted to tag. Obviously, May has left Marvelous now. Um, she's a freelancer um, and hasn't wrestled since the 20th of August, 2021. And I know that I'm not alone in wanting to see May Hoshizuki again in a stardom ring. So there's lots and lots of possible names that it could be. I mean, you know, outlandishly, it could be Kairi Hojo. It's not going to be because her debut match isn't going to be to World Climax and they certainly aren't going to be throwing it away on, again, a Road 2 show. But there are a lot of options for that fifth from Queen's Quest. And again, that adds another wrinkle and another interesting layer to this story. Um, But yeah, 
I think this is a really cool way of main eventing that Takado, Taka Dano Baba show on the 12th of March without putting a title match on that. For two on the announcement, you know, I think uh, I think you got Mayu Yutani beat on uh, announcing shows, brother. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's it seems like Yutami's uh, Miyu. It's it, that it seems like that's the big rumor. She's going to get a uh, spot in Queen's Quest right after her first match. And, you know, they said that they're big on her, you know, from what they've seen in training. So that's one way to go. My uh, prediction, and I'm betting no money on it, is that there's a certain member of the stardom roster that's been tweeting out pictures of her doing jiu-jitsu and a big smile on her face. And that would be Konami. My uh, my prediction, and I'm betting no money on it, is that it's going to be Konami. Because it, like, it looks like she's in ring shape. It looks like she's in a good place, you know, from all the, all the stuff that she's been putting up there on social media. She looks happy. Uh, hopefully she's injured free. So I, that would be my guess. My guess is it's going to be Konami. I think that'd be a good way to ease her back in. Obviously, she's going to come back with a lot of fanfare. I think she needs to go do Queen's Quest. And I think this will be, again, a good way to ease her back into it by doing multi-person uh, matches. So this way, it's like, you know, there's not a whole 15, 16-minute spotlight on her. Again, that's just my guess. I have no insider information. And uh, not only is it a guess, it's something that I'm hopeful for. Because I, I think we all want to see Konami back in a ring, you know, when she's ready. And I think her going to Queen's Quest upon her returnal is the best place for her. We will see. It would be very cool for it to be Konami to return into Queen's Quest, but the whole, you know, there was a huge sort of, there was an aura around that December match with Julia that sort of tells me that she's going to be out for 18 months minimum. I mean, if we're fancy booking, I would love to see Konami back. Um, but, you know, I, I, just, I don't see it. I'd love to, like I say, but I just, I, I don't see it. Um, let's move on then to the show from the 27th, which was in Sioux. Messy wing me in Sioux. Again, I probably butchered those, but I apologize. Uh, from Sunday, the 27th of February in front of 301 people. Uh, we opened the card with a tag team match, the Oedetai team of Saki Kashima and Ruwaka defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano and Waka Sukiyama. Again, Saki Kashima pinning Sukiyama with the My Emblem in 10 minutes and 21 seconds. Um, and... Considering this was match one on the card, Matt, another really, really entertaining undercard match. Yeah, I thought this was really good. And again, you know, I talked about it uh, at the show the day before or the show before with Tam and Waka's chemistry. Really, really good together. Waka's stuff, uh, she looked really, really good on both these shows, especially with Tam here. Tam did a good job taking care of her, making sure she was in the right spots and giving her enough stuff. I thought the uh, ending was really cool where she where Waka got hit with the freezer bomb. And then there was like that moment where they were giving her too much time. Uh, they went to go pick her up, and then, you know, Waka did the quick roll-up. Uh, eventually, Saki got in the ring. Giant head kick, which I'm loving that she's bringing these fierce kicks in. And then they, um, she hit the my emblem uh, for the win over Waka. But, yeah, this was really solid. Uh, you know, nobody looked bad here. Everybody looked good here. Uh, did where it needed to go to further the storyline of uh, of Waka, just keeping eating, eating pinfalls and uh, building Ruwaka up. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Waka just carries on. Tam is obviously fantastic. Riwaka continues to be to continues to improve. Obviously, we had our doubts in earlier episodes about, you know, is she stagnating? Is she plateauing? But I think she's doing she's doing well. She's keeping up with the ring pace. 
Um, I don't see any issues with it at all. I think overall, a really solid opener. And actually, I would argue that this show, the 27th, was, you know, both shows were really good, but I'd say this was more consistent than um, night one. Um, match two then, tag team match. The Cosmic Angels team of Mina Shirakawa and Yunagi Sayaka and the te- Donna Del Mondo team of Mariah and Tekla ended in a 15-minute time limit draw. I'm a big fan of the renewed aggression between Mina and Yunagi. Since this whole Mace Akarai saga, they've come out with this brand new sense of aggression, and I think it really suits their team. We know that Mina and Tegla have history going back to the SWA um, SWA match back in January, and Mirai and Yunagi, again, Yunagi seems to have really good chemistry with these you know, for lack of a better phrase, bruiser types. And again, I think she showed that here, Matt. Yeah, you know, we keep talking about how her forearms look really good. They're well-placed, they're well-timed, they're stiff, you know, hitting hard in safe places. Barai is obviously a, a heavy hitter. And Yunagi's been throwing this, like, this Masahiro Chono-style Yakuza kick that looks like this, just, like, takes your head off. So, yeah, it's it's uh, new aggression um, from all the Cosmic Angels since, you know, my Sakurai's departure which can only be a good, mean for a good thing. I mean, there's a lot of heavy hitters and hard hitters in stardom, especially on the DDM side. So I thought this was solid. You know, a lot of, a lot of the Tecla Mina stuff that they piggied back off, you know, going back to their feud back in January. And I think somewhere after World Climax, I think they're going to pick it back up, uh, you know, because we talked about how that once uh, the borders are opening, that we think that Mina is going to be a good champion, good travel champion for the uh, SWA title. And I believe that's uh, coming up soon, or it already happened. I think Japan's letting uh, letting more people go out and come back in. So, uh, and obviously, that is a huge, huge plus for you know everybody in the world. Yeah, but this was excellent. Uh, this, both teams worked well together. Both teams are gelling uh, better and better together. I thought this was this was excellent, and you can kind of see where this was going. You get to the last two or three minutes where neither team has a clear advantage. So there's only one thing to do if you're booking for stardom, and that's to go to the all-time. Uh, it happens once a show, it seems the dreaded time limit draw. But I thought the time limit draw here made sense. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, You're trying to build that Cosmic Angels team. You don't want Mariah and Tekla to look weak, especially as there is so much of a focus on Donna Del Mondo at the moment. It makes sense. It's inoffensive. And again, I thought that these four women had tremendous chemistry. So if it means I get to see them for 15 minutes wrestle, I get to see them for 15 minutes wrestle. I, I truly do not mind that. Um... Out of interest, man, what did you, what star rating did you throw at this? This was three and one quarter, sir. Yeah, three and a quarter for me as well, which seems to be my standard rating for the vast majority of these matches until we get to the main event. Um, match three then, a tag team match with the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia and May Sakurai defeating the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani and Momo Kogo with Julia getting the pinfall with the Falcon Arrow in 10 minutes and one second. Now, this is yet another tease of the possibility of Julia versus Mayu for the Red Belt on night two of World Climax. Obviously, that first match is going to be Julia versus Suri. Um, and I've seen a few people mention the lack of build towards, you know, that Suri and Julia match because that's going to be the definite match we got on night one. But there's still six shows left before World Climax and they are trying to build all of these eventualities. Now, we've had the Suri and Julia um, feud with the very, very good um, six-woman tag. Was it six-woman? It was six-woman tag at uh, Cinderella Journey. That was fantastic. So here... 
they are building Mayu and Julia, which I don't have an issue with. Um, obviously, we've got one Corican event left on the 13th of March that could potentially have another big DDM outpost match. Um, the cards that we're going to preview from the 5th and the 6th um, in Osaka and Shizuoka actually focus primarily on Siri and Mayu. So there is, they are effectively sort of half building to all these matches. I do agree that obviously they should potentially be building more towards Suri and Julia, um, but I think they're doing it. I think they've done that. They've now done um, Julia and Mayu. They're, they're going to do Suri and Mayu, and then the, sh- the show's directly before World Climax. That's where we'll get more of the Julia and Suri thing. So I, there's nothing to worry about, in my opinion. Um, going back to the actual in-ring work... Julia beats up rookies like no one else, Matt. It's great fun. Well, I think she just she's basically just tries to beat up anybody. Uh, I mean that's that's kind of the gist is you know you you want to make this look as real as possible because you're in the ring to simulate a fight. But I thought the psychology of this match was brilliant because it got Momo Kogo over. I mean, take a look how it, how it was. Is Momo would be getting up on you know on Darth Ma- Darth Mai Sakurai as we dubbed her on this show, and then Julia would come <laughs> in. You know, she's illegal. She's not tagged in. Julia would come in and kind of cut her off. And then there would be like this mini heat segment on Momo. And then Momo would start getting up on Julia a little bit, which I thought was, you know, a nice little feather in her cap. And it got to the point where uh, my hat would have to come in, similar to how Julia did, you know, a few minutes earlier. So, that, you know, to kind of cut her off again, not tagged. So, you know, the clear babyface heel dynamic and the fact that Momo is the junior of these four in the ring the fact that the only way that she could kind of be stopped in the beginning is by an illegal two-on-one advantage, and it happened twice. And I thought that was good. It was a good little Feather Momo's cap. Um, I guess really my only negative in this match is anytime there's a Mayu uh, tag matches, there's not enough Mayu Iwatani in it. But it makes sense. Obviously, you know, her back is probably still uh, still a little bit beat up, and you want to have Momo in the ring as much as possible. So Mayu got her, you know, classic spots in that popped the crowd. Uh, they were, you know, she positioned Momo in right spots for the double team, but ultimately, yeah, Julia beats up rookies and then hits the Falcon arrow over Momo for the win, which is, uh, you know, kind of a finisher. She breaks out only from time to time. So it was interesting to, uh, to see that for the finish. Yeah, Julia has a litany of finishes. She's got that. She's got the Stealth Viper, which is criminally underused because it is a fantastic submission. She's got the Glorious Driver 1 and 2. Um, she's also got, obviously, the Northern Lights Bomb as well. So she has got about 45 different finishes, which is fine. I don't mind that. Obviously, she finished Unagi off at the start of 2021 with just a rudimentary STF. So um, one thing I do just want to ask, Matt, do you know the concept of Room 101? Room 101. I don't know. I'm not sure. Did I stay in there once at a holiday inn? (laughs) Um, So for anyone that doesn't know, Room 101 is, I think it might be a British thing. It was a TV show where you'd go onto this TV show and you'd be allowed to put three things in Room 101. And Room 101 is basically, you put it there, it's locked away and it never happens again. So, you know, people put things like chewing with your mouth open. It really annoys me, so you put it in Room 101. Um... If we were to have a wrestling room 101, Matt, where, you know, the wrestling tropes that irritate you, that just don't look very good, that you could put them in there, put them in this room and lock it away forever. Um, I think Cultaholic on YouTube have something similar called Straight to Hell. Um, It's that sort of gimmick. Um, I can honestly say that without a shadow of a doubt, the first thing that would go into that wrestling room 101 is May Sakurai's standing elbow drop because it is the worst thing. (laughs) 
It is the worst thing. I hate it so much. I just wanted to have a different finish, Matt. Is that so hard to ask? Is that so? Is that such a weird thing for me to ask? So you know, I got to ask you this because we talked about this, you know, via text and before the show and during the show. Obviously, we're all excited. Kari is uh, is back. Are you now more excited that she's back and her finisher is a diving elbow? And is that the main reason why you're excited is the fact that maybe my Sakurai's awful diving elbow will, will may go to waste? Is that oh. or is that just like one of or is that just one of a thousand reasons why you're happy she's back? I, I dare to dream. I dare to dream that management will take May aside and just go, look, we've got the best elbow drop in the world. You're making it look bad. Just Maybe maybe do the face buster that you've been doing, because that at least looks impactful. Whereas, you know, your elbow drop, it, it's not great. It's not great. Um, yeah, so <laughs> honestly, I can't wait for that um, elbow drop to finish and just that we get a decent May Sakurai finish, because every time I see it, it makes me just go, that is crap. Um, what is what if you do this? We talked about how Julia has 84 finishers. Maybe, you know, you do this training video and again, put it up on, you know, uh, on their, their, their YouTube channel where she teaches her the Northern Lights bomb and Julia stops doing the Northern Lights bomb or one of her other 80 finishers or maybe even the Falcon Arrow where it's just like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to give it to you. And like, they just show her doing it like over and over and over again. And then it's like Julia, who's this main event star gifts one of her finishers to me and it's like one you built up this finisher two you showed her doing it and doing it right and three for the most important reason at least for you we get rid of the diving elbow it's the i would prefer to see may with the um falcon arrow because i love julia doing the northern lights bomb it's become a little bit of a staple and we haven't seen her do it in a while so uh, that's what i want to see if i'm being if i'm being brutally honest um but yeah just the sooner she gets rid of it the better um I do like the chemistry between Mayu and Momokogo. Like, Momokogo seems to be Mayu's mini-me in the fact that she seems to be as, for lack of a better phrase, as derpy as Mayu, but just in a younger form. And they even, you know, their initials are MK, Mayu, Kogo. Are they the new MK sisters? I mean, they did the double six one nine, which Starlight Kid actually put onto Twitter. Um, but I quite like the chemistry between those two and it, it wouldn't surprise me if we go into again we're talking about the tag league the tag league isn't till november but even so if everything stays as it is it would not surprise me if we go into tag league and the teams in stars are um hazuki and kaguma and then mayu and momokogo it it makes it makes sense to me i think their chemistry is fantastic my only real com- and it's not even a complaint aside from may's dreadful elbow drop um were you surprised that they chose to give the win to Julia and not to May Sakurai? With obviously May Sakurai having that future of stardom shot on night two. Were you surprised they opted to give this in what is effectively a throwaway match that they gave it to Julia? I see your point there, but again, your Julia's got you know she's going for the red belt. She's going for the for the big belt on the first night of those uh, stacked double shots. Um, so I guess it didn't matter, really. I mean, going into this, watching it, the way it was built, it looked like Julia was going to get the fall, uh, of course, on Momo Kogo. So, you know, that made the most sense. But I guess I see your point. I see your point that it's just like, well, you know, if you're going to pin Momo Kogo, you know, Julia's kind of already made. You kind of don't need to build her up anymore. Not that it hurts, but uh, I mean, maybe it would have made more sense. Um, was I surprised? No, not really. Uh, again, it's kind of this match is it was good, it was solid, but again, it's going to be forgotten in a few days. 
yeah, true. We move on then to the semi-main of this show, which was a six-woman tag team match. The Ueretai team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Rina defeating the Stars team of Hazuki, Koguma, and Hanan, with Rina getting the pinfall over Hanan with the gory bomb in 11 minutes and 41 seconds. Um, this match broke down into three distinct singles matches. We had a lot of Koguma versus Starlight Kid, a lot of Momo and Hazuki, and then a lot of Rina versus Hanan. And each of those matches offered something a little bit different, and it made this match thoroughly entertaining for the almost 12 minutes it was on, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you could even uh, make the argument that it kind of broke down into Momo and Kid versus FWC, because obviously that's the you know, kind of big picture match that they're going for towards the end of the month, um, which is, I mean, if that's, this was just a little preview if we're going to get, I'm so excited for the match. I mean, there's no way that that match can't be an absolute banger with the four of those. And then, uh, you know, I thought this was smart for the, for the booking for, you know, Reno to get the, the pinfall, you know, over his sister. Um, I thought, it, I, and, I, and I think the psychology made sense, you know, basically Momo and Starlight Kid basically kind of did all the heavy lifting, all the dirty work on hand and hit it with a few double teams towards the end. Momo with the, vicious vicious kicks and then rena comes in and then hits a gory bomb that looked like it was just a little off time it looked like i was worried for hannah because she landed down on her shoulder pretty hard but she seemed to be okay but i thought that you know that kind of makes sense you know have the uh the two kind of senior members of the uh tie team do all the dirty work on the junior member and then have rena who's challenging just kind of come in and pick up the scraps so I i thought that that was good the psychology of it made sense. And like I said, we get the preview, basically these two matches coming up at World Climax in this one match. Yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, Momo confirms what we all thought, um, that it was going to be Starlight Kid teaming with her to go for the Goddess of Stardom Tag Team Belts, which ultimately they would they would decide afterwards would be fought on night one of World Climax. It would also be confirmed at the press conference, which we're going to be talking about, that their new tag name is going to be Black Desire, which is a very cool tag name. Um, hilariously, Kogama, completely unimpressed with the reveal of Kid, um, she was like, but I thought we were going to get someone new. It's just Starlight Kid. Oh, for God's sake. Which I thought was very, very funny. Um, she tells Kid to do the bear pose, but she refuses, promising to do an embarrassing bear pose when they take the belts at World Climax. You've already said everything I wanted to say about that tag match. There is absolutely no way that a Hazuki, Koguma, Momo, and Starlight Kid match on a big stage isn't going to be absolutely phenomenal. And this this weekend, obviously, we talk about um we talked about Starlight Kids um sort of breakout year being 2021 with this heel turn. Um this weekend of the 26th and the 27th, she's going for the tag belts with Momo in a high profile match against um FWC. And then on night two, she's got a singles match in Kairi Hojo's second match back, her first singles match back. So this weekend, even more focus could be put onto Starlight Kid. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you... Well, yeah, I am, because, you know, never mind. But she is my pick for the Cinderella, Starlight Kid. I think we could be seeing this year, the first year of Starlight Kid, having that first real real push towards the main event, you know, the white belt, red belt scene 
you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we get a Starlight Kid Red Belt match. I don't think she'll win, but it would not surprise me because I think she's that damn good. And I think clearly Stardom higher-ups think she's that damn good because they've positioned her in an incredibly strong position. Considering she's just lost a high-speed belt as well, she's still come out smelling of roses, which is which is tremendous. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about Starlight Kid once we get to the press conference. As usual, Rob, uh, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually, on my drive home from work. I was thinking Starlight Kid is going to win the Cinderella. So usually, as usual, me and you are on the same page. Obviously, that can change. Um, but right now, that's my pick. And just think of the 8x10s they will sell with Starlight Kid in that Cinderella dress with the crown on top of her mask. And then all the masks that she usually has on, like, her robe or her cape, all, like, sewn into the Cinderella dress. Just think of, like, the merch you can sell on that. I think that's brilliant. That would be incredible. What a photo op that would be. And if anything screamed podcast artwork, it's that. So she oh, better win. I, I, I'm <laughs> if, that ha- if that happens, I'm on it. Even if they don't, <laughs> I will have my art person. I, even if they, she doesn't do the mask on the, uh, on the dress, I will literally take that picture and then put the mask on it and be like, here you go. Here's your money. And there's our new logo, sir. And then you can sell it in our Teespring store. There you go. We don't plug that enough. <laughs> exactly. Yes, we can. Uh, we can make that the new T-shirt design. Uh, pending, by the way, will be out by the end of March. Um, main event then of this show was another eight-woman tag with the Donna Del Mondo team of Siori Himika, and Mika and Natsupoi defeating the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashista, Azumi, Sayakamitani, and Lady C with Himika pinning Lady C. Pardon me. After an absolutely thunderous powerbomb in 17 minutes and 15 seconds now i don't know if you noticed this matt but during ddm's entrance there's a man who comes in on the phone through the door that's right behind them realizes what is happening turns and bolts back through the door in a panic now that really tickled me and i had to pause the show because i was laughing that much at this poor guy coming out on the phone realising that he has stood behind Natsupoy as she's coming in for her entrance and sort of going, oh, shit, and having to run off. That really tickled me. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, just another really good match, Matt. What about what did you think? <laughs> I didn't see that, but I did notice you, Tommy, when she goes to give the rose, she gave it to a little kid that had, like, her photo book out of, like, all the autographed wrestlers and was, like, showing you, Tommy, like, the, po- the thing that she signed. And you, Tommy, literally, because you can tell she's looking who she's going to give the rose to. And she stopped dead in her tracks and, like, literally, like, had a moment with this small child, which I thought was just great. You know, at the end of the day, wrestling's all about the fans and the kids. And I, to me, that just warms my heart. That was great. Uh, speaking of great, this match was great. I thought it was nifty how they had Saya and uh, Sherry start. So you have the red belt and white belt champion start. And they had a little exchange, nothing crazy, but something that maybe they'll preview that we'll see somewhere down the road, you know, whether it's in the five star or the Cinderella or whatnot. But I thought that was cool. Uh, Utami, excuse me, Siri times out to Utami, which is the match we always want to see and never we will get sick of. So Utami and Siri have a nice little exchange. Eventually we get Natsupoi and Azumi in there. Uh, they do their high speed spots. Um, so you have a good build there. You have some heat on Lady C and then the match breaks down and then you know what's coming. The Lariats. They came, boy, did they come, you know, um, you know, you have the lariats, you have the lariat sandwich, which I absolutely love when Mike and Himika do. And then the waterfall finished with everybody getting like one, you know, a cool spot in, uh, Lady C was getting pinned by, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was, uh, Micah and Azumi breaks it up with its brutal soccer kick to the head. And then she turns around and she eats one, um, from, from Saya, excuse me, from Siri. Saya comes in and gets rid of Sherry and then she turns around and then gets super kicked. 
by Natsupoy, uh, which I thought was that was a cool little spot. You know, all, you have all these contrived spots of one strike bump, you know, leave the ring for the next person to get their one spot in. And everybody was perfect timing, perfect ring positioning. Everybody needed where they needed to be. And then, yeah, the thunderous power bomb that I think Vader was up there in the heavens, uh, stood up and uh, gave a uh, standing ovation for it because that looked brutal on poor Lady C. And it was a good visual, you know, from somebody as tall as Lady C just eating the fastness of that powerbomb. She looked like she uh, was able to swim her arms out and tuck her chin enough where she was okay, thank God, because, yeah, that powerbomb was uh, one of the most brutal powerbombs I've seen in stardom. But, yeah, solid match, solid finish, everything made sense. You know, you got some teases of some things here and there. Uh, Everybody gelled really, really well in this one. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Lady C actually worked really well with Himika. There was a lot of Himika and Lady C throughout this match, and I thought the chemistry they had was uh, was tremendous. I thought Micah doing, uh, going on some sort of body slam frenzy was also incredibly entertaining. And then we saw Lady C doing the giant swing on Natsupoy, which uh, I'm never, not, you know, I hope that becomes a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was thoroughly entertaining. But yes, I gave it three and a half stars. I thought both of these main events were great. I thought both of these shows, there was very little dead weight. Um, they were building towards a lot of things, um, obviously heading into World Climax, and the show was building up to that. So all in all, these two shows are, are pretty damn entertaining, Matt. Yeah, again, for the quote-unquote house shows or road to shows... <laughs> You know, Stardom does a really good job with it. I mean, they all can't be pay-per-views. They all can't be, you know, absolute bangers. But if you're paying, you know, $15, $20, $30 for a ticket and uh, this is what you're getting, you're getting your more than your money's worth because you're seeing little glimpses of Mayu in the ring and Shiri in the ring, you know, tangling with Utami. uh, And then you're getting to see, you know, a lot of Momo Kogo and Lady C uh, and, you know, the building of Ruwaka and Saki. They do a really good job on these multi-person tag matches, which which is like 90% of these shows, but they're entertaining and it gives something for everybody. And it started just up and down the roster. It's just, you know, we talk about how low their roster was. I mean, for goodness sakes, Tam was in the opening match, you know, of this show. Just, just, just shows you the depth of this roster and going to be excited to see after new blood where some of this, you know, I guess new blood quote unquote, you know, is going to go, but yeah, exciting things. Yeah. These were two absolute solid shows and thoroughly enjoyed myself and they don't go on. You know, these stardom shows go, what, two, two and a half hours, these non-pay-per-view shows, so they fly by pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. None of these shows exceeded 17 minutes. Well, sorry, didn't reach 18 minutes, so they do fly by, and a lot of them just go, you know, 11 minutes, something like that, so really, really good matches. Um, So let's get to what, you know, you all want to hear. It is the announcement of the full cards um, from Stardom World Climax 2022. Um, Night one which they're entitling Stardom World Climax The Best, will be taking place on the 26th of March from um, Ryogoku Kokogi... Oh, sumo Hall. Um, and then Night 2, which is the 27th, which they are again calling The Top. That is also going to be from Sumo Hall as well. I just want to shout out Velkage um, because he typed up all the... Uh, all the matches into a handy little document, uh, which meant I didn't have to work out everything from either the Japanese translation or just from the pictures. So thank you, Velkage. It's really helped me out here. So let's get through these cards. So night one, the best on the 26th of March. This is your card. We open with the Future of Stardom Championship match between Hannah the Champion and Rena. We've then got what is called a Golden Generation singles match, again between the returning Saya Ida 
and Mirai. I'm so excited to see Saya Ida back. Um, we've got a tag gauntlet match um, with the DDM team of Himika Natsupoy and Mei Sakurai taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Mina Shirakawa, Wakasukiyama, and Momo Kogo. So I'm not entirely sure what that is, but never mind. Um, we've then got taking on the Uedatai team of Saki Kashima, Fukik, and Death and Ruwake, and the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Lady C, and the aforementioned X, who we don't know at the moment. Uh, we've then got that match or a preview match uh, between Donna Del Mondo, the team of Micah and Tekla, and Prominence with Risa Sarah and Suzu Suzuki. So that is a preview for what will be the, the big bout on night two. Um, we've then got the Goddess of Stardom Championship match with FWC, the champions, Hazuki and Kogame, taking on Black Desire, Starlight Kid, and Momo Watanabe. Um, in the third from the top, we've got the Pirate Princess Stardom reveal with Mayu Iwatani and Kairi taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano and Yunagi Sayaka in Kairi's first stardom match since 2017. Um, in the semi-main event, we have got the Wonder of Stardom Championship match between Saya Kamatani and Utami Hayashista, and then the World of Stardom Championship main event, the champion Suri taking on Julia. Matt, I am out of breath just reading that card. The there's no, you know, we say about dead weight and, you know, things that they could potentially cut. Aside from the tag gauntlet match, which in itself might be great, there's nothing that I don't want to watch on this card. There's no, you know, phone match. There's nothing where I'm going to just be scrolling through Twitter or, you know, posting things to Instagram or whatever. This card looks insane. Absolutely brilliant, doesn't it? Yeah, again, this is Tokyo Dome level stuff. I mean, this is Wrestle Kingdom, you know, stuff. And whether you agree with me or don't agree with me, you know, it's your it's your opinion. But literally, you look at these two cards, and again, we were texting. I think it was last night or the night before when the cards were revealed. And I was like, you, you got to be kidding me! Like, you got to be kidding me! I mean, these things are just absolutely loaded. Uh, and, you know, and then I kind I just kind of just realized as you're running through the card, the main event and co-main event for the two big belts, the red belt and the white belts, are between the the two team members. You know, the former tag champions, both former tag champions, you know, uh, ALK, the ALK sisters with Julia and Cherry, And then the co-main event between the former goddess of champions as well as uh, Aphrodite with Utami and Saya. So, again, you know, we talk about you hit your friends harder sometimes because you can kind of get away with it as long as you buy them a beer or a milk or, you know, or Yoohoo or whatever afterwards. So it's just like, you know, then you have that. And the match before that is Mayu and Kari teaming up against Tam and Yunagi. So it's like this whole card, just the way that it, just, it looks like it, that's going to build. Um, you know, I, I believe the way that you read it is the order that it's going to be happening, uh, which is absolutely brilliant because it's the way that this card builds. And then you get to kind of the three main events or even even before that, even before the three main events, you have the tag title match between FWC and uh, Momo and uh, Starlight Kid. But yeah, this is... I mean, this is probably the most excited I am for a stardom card, even more so than uh, Dream Queendom. And then I think the second night might even be even better, you know, depending on what happens in night one. But these are just two uh, loaded, loaded shows. Uh, and I can't wait to watch them whenever I get around to them. Because <laughs> I know me and you, just so you catch your breath uh, back a little bit before you run down the second card. Uh, I know me and you were talking back and forth about how you're going to either stay up or get up earlier whatever time this runs for you. And I would love to, but I'm doing a, uh, 
a six-hour catch wrestling seminar on both about, both uh, Saturday and Sunday, the day of those shows. And it's you know I'm doing it at the uh, world headquarters, the U- United States headquarters, which is about two hours away from me. So I'm going to be leaving my house probably around six six thirty to get there, and then I'm probably assumingly going to get stretched for the better part of five or six hours, drive two hours home, <laughs> and then try to watch these shows. But <laughs> I know you texted me and you said, "Are you going to be worried about like?" thinking about how good these shows are instead of like focusing on what you need to focus on. I think I said, well, when I'm about 20 minutes in and I'm getting my wrist twisted nine different ways and after I'm choked out for the 10th time, I'm going to have no other option but to try to keep myself focused so I can, I'll be able in some shape to drive home. (laughs) Just the idea of you being stretched whilst thinking, yeah, but who is X from Queen's Quest? (laughs) Almost literally, like when I'm a li- when I was a little kid, and your parents tell you you have to be good all year to open your Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, and sometimes I get my that train of thought. It's like I have to survive the six hour catch wrestling seminar, which I will have an absolute blast. I, I you know I've trained with the I've been lucky enough to train with Joel Bain before, and he's an absolute uh, submission genius, and he learned from the late great Billy Robinson. So what happens in these seminars? I know I'm getting off kilter here, is he literally teaches you tricks that Billy Robinson taught him. So. Again, that's what it'll be. I'll probably get home 6, 6.30. By the time I shower, eat, it'll be 7. And then I'll probably watch these shows uh, and then uh, pass out and then literally do the next thing the day before. So th- those two days are going to be action-packed, jammed for me in the best ways possible. So, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I am so excited for those days. So excited. Again, I'm a, you know, I'm a 39-year-old man. I feel like I'm a 5-year-old kid on Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, you know. I've never heard you so excited, mate. <laughs> It doesn't take much to get me excited. I'm a a pretty excited person. I am so excited to be put in crippling pain by this man for six hours (laughs) on back-to-back days. Um, Let's move on then to night two. As I mentioned, this is the top. Um, And we open with the Future of Stardom Championship match. So whoever wins out of Hannon and Rena, they will be taking on May Sakurai. We've then got the Cinderella Rumble. And these are the announced participants. So we've got Yunagi Sayaka, who, of course, won the last Rumble at All-Star Dream Cinderella back at Budokan. Um, Mina Shirakawa, Waka Tsukiyama, Lady C, Saya Ida, Momo Kogo, Ruaka, Saki Kashima, uh, Miu, the um, rookie who's going to debut at New, at, uh, New Blood, um, Haruki Umasaki and Natsumi from Diana. We've got Tomoka Inaba and Aoi from JTO from Just Tap Out. Uh, Maria and Ihozan from Marvelous. Mesa which has got a lot of people talking, and uh, Yuna Mizumori from Gato, Gato Move. And we've got others to be announced as well, so we might see some legends in there like we did the All-Star Rumble. Fingers crossed that it won't be... Um, the guy in the mask whose name escapes me begins with a K, but never mind. Um, we've then got a Golden Generation singles match. So the loser of Sayakamatani and Yutami Hayashishta on night one, the loser will take on Mirai in a Golden Generation singles match. Above that, we've got the Generation of Destiny with Hazuki versus Momo Watanabe in a singles match. Give me that all day. We've then got a high-speed championship triple threat between Azumi the champion, Koguma, and Natsupoi. We've got the Pirate Princess Stardom reveal, which is Kairi versus Starlight Kid. 
we've then got third from the top, the Donna Del Mondo versus Prominence match with the loser of the main event of night one, so Suri or Julia, um, Micah, Himika, and Tekla versus the Prominence team of Risa Sara, Suzu Suzuki, Akana Fujita, and Moki Miyagi. Um, we've then got the Wonder of Stardom Championship, second from the top, either Saya Kamatani or Yutami Hayashista, whoever wins, taking on the challenger Tam Nakano, and then the World of Stardom Championship match. The winner of the main event of night one, either Suri or Julia, will be taking on Mayu Iwatani. Um, I mean, I thought night one looked amazing. I thought, you know, apart from that gauntlet tag, like I mentioned, there's nothing I'm not going to be watching with a lot of interest. However, I think night two might actually be better than night one. And that is saying nothing against night one. Night one is phenomenal. Night two is untouchable, in my opinion, Matt. What, uh, we're on the card is Kyrie and uh, Starlight Kid. Kyrie's first singles match back in stardom since 2017 is fourth from the top. And genuinely, there's nothing, there's nothing I'd put it above. There's nothing I'd put it above. Yeah, that's uh, that's something. But uh, yeah, it, it, obviously it all depends on how uh, the white belt and red belt matches shake out. But I think I'm more uh, interested in night two. You know, I mean, it's, both of them are going to be action-packed, must-see matches. But I think one of the things that tips the scale for me, as you know and as our listeners know, at the end of the month we were recording the Momo Watanabe white belt review. And just last night, I watched the Momo versus Suzuki match. I think it was her fourth or fifth defense. I don't know if you've seen this match and the last time you've seen it, but boy, howdy, there is nothing pulled in this match. I mean, they I don't know if they had heat before the match or they had problems uh, calling this match before or the fact that they may just be best friends and were just like, hey, let's make this thing look like a shoot. But there's points in this match where it's just like they don't look like they're cooperating at all in the best way possible. I mean, there's a spot where Hazuki throws Momo through chairs. I mean, you'll see it. I don't want to spoil it for you. If you haven't, obviously you're going to have to, you're going to watch it for the review <laughs> that I was like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Obviously it's going to be a different match because it's not a title match. It's not the main event. You know, they switch spots, you know, Hazuki's the heel in that match. He's the face in this one. And, you know, same thing at Momo flip flop, but it's like, if it's half as good as what I just watched and there's no reason why I can't to, it can't be. And it's only in the middle of the card. Like, Holy jeez, I can't wait for that match. Can't wait. So exci- so exciting. Mean, the whole the whole those whole two uh shows. But like that's one I'm definitely going to be paying a lot of entrance in because uh, as you know, I like hard-hitting wrestling and that one is going to be might be the hard, hardest-hitting match out of uh, the the two nights. But yeah, all in all just two uh can't can't miss shows. Yeah. Unbelievable. And we are going to be recording a, a full preview where we go into all the matches in depth, give our predictions and things. Um, and there will be, hopefully, fingers crossed, I don't want to jinx it, but hopefully there is going to be a special guest from uh, from the world of stardom that we are going to be doing that with. Again, you know, hopefully it works out. If it doesn't, I apologize. But I'm 75% that it is going to happen. So, again, keep your eye out on our social media for that. Looking a little bit closer then, we have got two shows, one of which which is happening today as we record, the 5th of March, and then the second which is happening tomorrow as we record on the 6th. So we just want to whip through these cards. 
the first of which taking place at uh, the Osaka Prefectural Rinke Sports Centre Gym number two. Um, we open with a singles match between Hanan and Saki Kashima. And Natsupoi versus Momo Kogo. Very excited about that again. Do we see a Momo Kogo transitioning into a high-speed division? Uh, we've then got an eight-woman tag with Julia Himika, Tekla, and May Sakurai taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, Yunagi Sayaka, and Waka Sukiyama. Six-woman tag is the semi-main with the team of Suri, Micah, and Mirai taking on Mayu, Hazuki, and Koguma. And then in the main event, we have got an eight-woman tag. Saya, Azumi, Utami, and Lady C taking on the Oedatai team of Momo, Starlight, Ruwaka, and Rina. Um, for me, Matt, that semi-main is the one that sticks out to me. Siori, Micah, and Mirai taking on Mayu, Utami, Hazuki, and Koguma. I mean, that is going to be one very, very, very tasty semi-main. Yeah, and the main event as well. But yeah, the uh, my go-to... Uh... Six person tag team is not Mayu, uh, Koguma, and, and Hazuki. I always, uh, you know, I always, uh, you know, talk glowingly about uh, that trio, and hopefully uh, they uh, get an artist to start a title shot somewhere down the line. But even the main event, it's nice to see again, this is the three shows in a row that we have all four members of Queen's Quest, you know, in the, uh, in the main event. So it's nice that you're getting more reps and more gelling for Lady C. Obviously, Utami, Azumi, and Saya, because they've been in Queen's Quest a little bit longer. Uh, they've had uh, they've been gelling pretty well you know, in the past year, year and a half. But it's nice to see um, that Lady C is getting another rep in there as an eight-person tag match. Uh, and again, you'll have from, you know Momo, Momo, Watanabe, and Starlight Kid on the other side. So those the whole those that card looks pretty solid. But obviously, the semi-main and the main event will be the ones that I'll be playing a, a closer eye onto. We then move on to the show from the sixth of March, which again, which will have taken place. Um, at the time you listen to this, if you listen to it on the free feed. Um, this is from Shizuoka in the Kiramas Numazu Multipurpose Hall number one. And the card is as follows. We open with a singles match, Wakasukiyama versus Saki Kashima. We've then got a three-way between Azumi, Hanan, and Fukikin Death. It's more than two people, so you know Fukikin Death is walking away with a victory. Um, a six-woman tag between the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, and Junagi Sayaka, and the Queen's Quest team, of Utami, Sayakamatani, and Lady C. Um, Semi-main, we get an eight-woman tag with the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, May Sakurai, uh, Mirai, and Tekla taking on the Momo Watanabe, um, Starlight Kid, Rina, and Ruaka team of Awidatai. And finally, the main event, um, another very, very, very tasty match. Um, the Donna Del Mondo team of Siori, Maika, Himika, and Natsupoi taking on the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, Koguma, and Momo Kogo. Um, Matt, opinions. That main event, once again, and then I personally like this six-woman tag, the Cosmic Angels team versus Queen's Quest, second on the card. Third on the card, sorry. Yeah, uh, again, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm going to sound, you know, redundant if I'm repeating what you're saying, but yeah, uh, those matches you know, obviously piqued my interest as well. That main event should be super, super fun, even though probably Momo Kogo's eating the pin. But again, always, you know, you're going to see Hazuki and uh, 
Kagama, obviously, they gel very well as a team. And then you have, you know, we talked about before a little bit ago, about how well Mayu and uh, Momokogo are gelling. So maybe you'll see some double teams from both of those uh, two teams all in one match. That, uh, that'll obviously be fun to watch. But again, two solid shows. And again, Stardom does a great job, you know, with these non-singles matches on these quote-unquote road two shows about things like, like, man, there's not a throwaway match here at all. You know, they all, all these women up and down the roster work hard just because the roster is so stacked. And everybody's trying to outwork everybody, which uh, in turn is that's the best thing for business because it gives, you know, the viewers, i.e. me, you and everybody listening, uh, the more, the most bang for their buck. So, yeah, it should be some exciting stuff. And hopefully Stardom World continues to do a good job of getting this up on the uh, the website, you know, within 24, 48 hours. One last thing then before we get to some listener questions, and this for me is one of the biggest things, aside from the actual card announcements, this is the biggest thing to come out of the World Climax press conference. And this is courtesy of Dragon Moon at 1222 Dragon Moon on Twitter, who is a fantastic follow. Um, Julia, who again was sporting one of the 8,000 different hairstyle variations she seems to have at the moment. Um, obviously, her and Siori were sitting together during the press conference and she teared up saying it will be difficult to continue to fight together with Suri and Donna Del Mondo after this title match, regardless of the outcome. Suri also teared up and then said that she would go her own way and expand Vermilion World if she wins the match. It sounds like this split mat is now simply a formality. Um, that, you know, we are going to see Siori and Julia, one of the most entertaining tag teams of last year in ALK, going their own ways, seemingly in, you know, more amicable terms than we thought they were going to split. Um, do you like the fact that we're not doing someone turning or dissension with simply doing a parting of the ways? They have been together for a long time now. Um, and also, who do you think chooses who when they do inevitably split after world climax well you can look at it two different ways you know i like the respect factor you know i'm a big fan of the whole you know not being sneaky not being you know hey respectfully i'm gonna go your way you're gonna go my way um you'll go your way i'll go my way Uh, that's something i'm big on at the same time for someone who's been you know raised on you know uh american style wrestling where it's like you know you always do these heel turns because that's what equals money. That's what equals drawing. I guess I can take it either way. I guess it all depends on how you do it. And I have full confidence that stardom and the booking committee uh, and the people, the wrestlers involved are going to do it the right way. Um, is it a possibility, you know, Siri wins both matches and then maybe at the end, Julia comes back out, maybe attacks her and, uh, you know, gets another title shot that way. I don't know. Um, obviously, it's going to, I think the split, and you talked about it before, and it makes the most sense that it's going to going with Julia is going to be Tekla Mirai because she's the one that brought them over, and then uh, Darth May Sakurai because she's the one that said I want to. She said, you know, when she turned, I want to wrestle under Julia. She didn't say Sherry. She didn't say Donald Del Mundo. She didn't say Natsupoy. She specifically named one person. So obviously she goes there. So you would think just because there's eight members, then maybe the other three, Micah Himika and Natsupoy, would go with Sherry. But what if maybe Mike and Himika go with Julia, and it's just like Sherry and Natsupoy? Or what if it, you know? They do go, Mike and Himmick and Natsupoy go with Sherry, and then maybe a month or two down the road, one of them turn, and they go with Julia. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that they can do, so I just don't know which way they're going to do it. I kind of figured that they were going to do the, the turn, but they did have that emotional press conference where they said they're going to go their own separate ways after World Climax. 
And uh, I guess my a question for you, Rob, is Shiri's group, you think that's going to be named for a million worlds because she kind of threw it out there? I mean, potentially. It's it's the name of a nuclear option finisher, which I imagine she'll be breaking out at some point over World Climax weekend. Um, it's certainly a better name than Cosmic Angels. Um, I would... agree. <laughs> um, do you know what? It's one of those that whatever she calls it, I guarantee I'll be like, eh. And then the more I hear it, the more it'll grow on me. Vermilion World is actually a pretty cool stable name. Um, if that's what she ends up calling it, I am more than happy with that. Um, I, for the record, I do agree. I think it'll be um, Siori, Micah, Himika, and uh, Natsupoy going with Siori. And then um, the other four, uh, including Shadow Sakurai, going with Julia. Um, let's then just have a look at a couple of questions um on our discord do you think that in the near future we're going to have at least one match involving prominence's roster in every show matt or do you think this is going to be sort of once they do the blow off of donna del mondo and prominence on night two of world climax do you think that's the last we'll see of them or do you think they're going to be integrated as potentially their own unit on uh, on stardom shows Ooh, good question, but I just because I think the roster is so loaded right now, I think that if you keep putting on putting them on more and more shows, it kind of dilutes, you know, the uh the uniqueness of it. I think I don't think they're going to have the blow off just yet at World Climax. I think that the blow off will be like a main event at maybe one of these upcoming shows where they in, they integrate the hardcore style cuz I think you still have to have that Julia uh Suzuki singles match. I think that'll probably be the main blow off. So I still think you'll see a little bit more prominence going forward. I would say maybe one or two members join, get in the five star. But as we talked about before, where, where's the room, you know, not unless you make the five star 40 people, <laughs> you know, at this point, but uh, I don't think you'll see too much of them um, going forward. But the, again, that's just me. Maybe they do keep them in stardom in their own, they're their own faction. So uh, we'll see. But I, my, uh, my answer would be uh, no. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I do worry that if you continue to... I mean, Prominence have already said this. They've set up their own... Um, their own... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Company. That's the word I'm looking for. Jesus. Um, so they'll be doing stuff with that. I don't think it'll be on every show. It wouldn't surprise me if we have them drop in every now and then, but there is storyline reason as to why they've attacked Donald Del Mondo and Julia in particular. So... I think that could be the end of that. Similar to how we had the seedling invasion before um, All-Star Cinderella with Nene Takahashi and Yoshiko coming in and attacking Mayu and, you know, and Momo. So I think we'll probably, once this is all blown over, and as you correctly said, once we've had this singles match between Julia and Suzu Suzuki, I do think that's probably going to be the end of prominence and stardom. Aside from maybe the odd drop-in, I don't think we'll see them consistently. Um, what it does for prominence if that is the end of it you just put more eyes on it like i mean i know me and you don't watch prominence and a good member of the stardom you know uh, stardom's the number one women's wrestling company so ultimately what you did is you just put more eyes on stardom by having them or excuse me prominence by having them in four or five matches you know give or take so ultimately it did you know it did what it need, it's going to do what it needs to do um Pip then asks a question, again, on our Discord. At the moment, I'm concerned about Tekla's future. Can she make the SWA title as interesting as Suri made it? I doubt that, and I'm afraid that they have no precise plan for her ex except basically filling the Gaijin spot. 
Um, we've talked quite a bit about Tekla. Um, obviously, when she came in, um, her selling was a little bit hit and miss. Um, but she's really, really grown on me as a competitor. Um, she is the only guy on the roster. You know, at the moment, that's just the way of the world. However, as Matt mentioned before, obviously, Japan are opening up their borders. Um, more and more people are going to be able to come over. And more importantly, Tekla is going to be able to leave and do things in other companies around Europe. Initially, this the entire point of this belt was that it was to be defended around all sorts of different promotions, specifically in Europe, in, uh, I think, France and Spain, and one in Britain as well. So, you know, if we get to do that with Tekla, then I'm more than happy with that. I think that could be where they're going with it. But unfortunately, we simply, because of COVID, we've sort of been a slave to the restrictions. So it's sort of, in the interim, just become another belt. I think once we see COVID restrictions in the rearview mirror and we seem to be inching mercilessly close closer to it or mercifully closer to it should i say i think we will see more and more being done with that belt and i think tekla is the one to do that you know she's got the charisma to be a champion um she puts on really really good matches she's entertaining why not what do you think matt well i first of all i think it's unfair to uh i mean you hit to be the one to follow the one. I mean, show you what she did with that belt. I mean, ultimately, she never lost it because she wound up winning the red belt. So it's like she's already put an unfair advantage because we're already comparing her to Cherry, which, you know, I mean, that's just that's what we do because, again, she's the one to follow the one. But, like, I mean, what Cherry was able to do with that belt and the matches that she had, you know, with that belt, and then ultimately she never lost. You know, she won the red belt and had to vacate it. But I think going back to what you said, I think Tekla is the – is a really good representation of that belt because she speaks multiple languages. I mean, that always helps too. Communication. Communication with things that she does better every time that she's out. Like, you know, we talked about before the first couple shows. It's like, I don't understand why they brought her in. She's really not selling or selling doesn't make any sense. Where now it's like she's one of the most entertaining members of this loaded roster. So, you know, we'll, you know, we'll see. You know, I don't want to pass judgment on when she this, this uh, title range just getting started. But I think she's a good flag bearer for the SWA belt once these borders open up going forward. Um. We then move on. We've got another question from Joseph Usher via Patreon where he says, question for podcast with Stardom World uploading all the matches in one day. When and will and do you think Stardom World will get an app and do you think it's being planned? We we talk about this quite a lot, don't we, Matt, to be perfectly honest, about how Stardom World is as good a resource as it is when you consider what is out there for some companies. It's also a complete pain in the bar pain in the behind for everything um you know like uploading it to matches at a time or being slow i think that's something to do with obviously as we've mentioned before the only being a you know one member or two members of the english translation team which obviously can't be helped um also apparently sonny has had his work visa renewed for three years so congratulations sonny um what you've got to think is in terms of an app new japan doesn't have an app and new japan are the biggest company in japan and they don't have an app. Also, New Japan World is a, can also be a pain in the ass. However, with the release of the Wrestle Universe app, which is really, really, really good, I would love to think that a Stardom World app is in the making. Do I think it's on the on the horizon? No, I don't. Um, do I think it needs to be done? 
yes, I at least think that Stardom World needs updating. Um, I think before they start with an app, I think that live streaming needs to be the next thing that they do. Um, and until they do that, I personally don't think an app is important. I think that live streaming, getting those shows up quicker is more important. Uh, Matt, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's very important that they got to do. I think it's, it just makes things easier for, um, you know, we're in a generation where we want, we can literally get everything in the snap of your fingers. And like for me to go on to start, I'm like how I have to watch these matches is I literally have to open up, you know, turn on my TV. I got to go to my Fire Stick. I got to go to the Amazon web browser, wait for it to load. Then I have to translate to English, wait that for load. I have to put my username and path, even if I watch the match, and then turn it off to go eat dinner or go do something, and then come back like an hour or two later. I got to put my username and password again, wait for it to load, pick the match, pick the definition on my TV, and then I have to expand it for, to full screen. I mean, granted, that doesn't, it, 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 it just seems like it's a pain. And not only that, but my internet not being the best, it just, I can't tell you how many times I'll be watching a match and it'll freeze. And sometimes I would have that with New Japan World, not that much, but when New Japan World would freeze, it would freeze. And then a couple seconds later, it would come back right to the point that it froze, where I can't tell you how many times in the last five or six months I'll be watching a match. They'll be building towards the finish. It'll freeze for like a minute and a half. And then it, when it comes back on, the match is over. So, and I think a lot of this has to do with, I think if they got an app, I think it would make things more efficient, make things a lot easier. Like a lot of times, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this, is I know when I first started watching Stardom, I told you, and our listeners, I probably spent a couple hundred dollars on DVDs from websites that I used. So it, until I realized it was probably cheaper just to get the, get the Stardom world. But a lot of times, like when we're reviewing matches, like even this Momo Watanabe review that I'm doing, I have to go back to my DVDs and watch just because of the constant freezing. It just takes so much longer. So I think an app is something very important. I think live streaming, yes, that's, that has to be number one. But I think an app, just it needs to come. I mean, I know 10 or 12 people myself that are interested in stardom, but the fact that they don't have an app or they hear the pain in the ass that I have to go through to watch it, they're just like, no. Just just based on that, no matter how good the wrestling is, there's just so many easier functions to watch everything in the world, you know, with apps and streaming and whatnot. And the fact that you have to go through all these hoops just to watch it, it's kind of a pain and it's a deterrent for a lot of the Western fans to watch it. So I think if they were to get an app, I think that, uh, you know, and now's the perfect time. You know, Akari coming back and all this buzz going around between the Izumi Starlight Kid match. I think this is the perfect time. They have to double down on getting an app out as soon as possible. I mean, at the very least, just have a continue watching function. I mean, <laughs> it will actually tell you underneath the video that you're watching that, oh, you're in the middle of watching this. So you click on it and it will go back to the start. And you're like, oh, for God's sake, just remember where I am, damn it. And it'll do it sometimes, but it won't do it consistently, and it's incredibly frustrating. But even so, at least we're able to watch it. So, you know, there are positives there, but ultimately, I imagine something being done with the streaming service, it has to be a priority. I, d I personally don't see an app until we've got live streaming sorted and, you know, until Bushy Road invest money or you know whether they use some of the the profits to go into um live streaming i don't know i don't know um however 
we reached the end of the podcast and thank you to everyone that's listening. I just want to go through a couple of little plugs, little shameless plugs um, before we go and finish off this episode. Uh, I just want to plug again, uh, patreon.com forward slash um, the stardom cast. If you want to hear these episodes early, you can become a member of our Patreon for as little as $1 a month and you will get these episodes at least 24 hours early. It's usually 48, but I haven't been well. So this one is 24 hours um but thank you to joseph usher rob jones niagara driver john erwin valkage bracker tom ed bc brandon neil steve clark tony stanley emerson stone alex tremaine mike spike sp jeff baker doden solar steve kaklamanos colin Matthew, eric sandoval ben grimshaw Devonte walker and glenn lake eight thank you to those people thank you to us um fantastic patrons we really 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 do appreciate your support uh we've just released our latest stardom cast extra episode our bonus episode for the first week in march which is oeditai versus queen's quest ironically considering that's the feud that's going on at the moment from the 21st of the first 2018 the fantastic gauntlet elimination match which results in tam nakano ending her tenure with a wedded tie so if you become a member of our white belt or red belt tiers three dollars and five dollars a month respectively then you can check out those episodes as well um i just want to end we've had a message from um one of our patrons brandon neil and i'm not going to share the entire message with you matt i'll obviously i'll message it to you after the podcast but um he's after spending so much of his time wanting to go to Japan, he's informed me that he is now, in the next month, going to be flying out to Japan to begin a year-long working holiday, which has been a dream for him. So we give you nothing but good luck. We hope you have a fantastic time out there. And he also says, and for Matt, his exuberant amount of positivity is one thing, but over these weeks of listening to him, I realized something. Not only is wrestling awesome, but it's something normal people can actually do. Thus, following in Matt's footsteps, I did some research, learned in my hometown of Leicester, there is a wrestling school, incidentally, the one that B Priestley trained at. So I checked it out and had his first session last week. He said it was ace, um, but obviously he's now going to Japan for a year. So, uh, but now he knows there is a school open to him. So, Brandon, thank you for keeping us updated. We hope you have a fantastic time in Japan, and you know we're glad that Matt's positivity has uh, has made you go and uh, have a little bit of a go at wrestling, and that you enjoyed it. Um, I just thought you'd like to hear that, Matt. To be perfectly honest. Oh, thanks. And hey, congratulations on going to live your dream and going to Japan. Which obviously that's. A place me and you definitely want to go to uh, for multiple reasons. But I appreciate the the kind words and anything that I say that can help or inspire anybody. And uh, congratulations on starting your wrestling school. But when you when you get back, by all means, you know, or even once you hear this podcast, feel free to hit me up on my social medias. You know, DM me. But there's any way that I can kind of help you out or guide you if you have any questions or anything that I can even maybe teach you. Um, uh, please just let me know. I you know I'm. Just uh, you know, floored and uh, you know, humbled that uh, that I was able to help somebody out. But uh, congratulations on going to Japan and starting wrestling school. And it seems like you, sir, are living uh, your dream. So and you're living your life to the fullest. So congratulations. Uh, keep going. Don't give up. And uh, remember, the only person that can stop you from living your dream is you. So uh, just keep working your ass off, my friend. And thank you. He's uh, he's ended his message with good vibes and suicide dives, which might be the way I have to sign off every single message from now on. That's a fantastic thing to write. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know what, Rob, real quick, as we're ending this, though, I just realized this show is so action-packed, I didn't even get this in. 
but Living the Dream, starting the 10th anniversary <laughs> review uh, by my good friend Rob Goodwin is up on all of our social medias. Click the link and order this phenomenal book. And didn't even I, fit it in. That's how packed we were. <laughs> honestly, yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Love, love you, buddy. <laughs> uh, love you too, bud. Right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really do appreciate it. Again, if you want to talk to us, hit us up on Twitter at, at the Stardomcast. Uh, same with Facebook as well. Again, if you want to come and be a patron, please come and subscribe for as little as a dollar a month. It means the absolute world to us. It really does. And thank you to our members who have already shouted out. Um, again, you can check out that new episode from the Stardomcast Extra on our Red Belt and White Belt tears um if you think we've deserved it please go and rate us on itunes a five-star review and a comment helps us to shoot up those ratings so we'd really truly appreciate it if you think we've deserved it it'd be great to see and read some of your comments on there um you can talk to me on twitter at, at real rob goodwin uh, matt where can they find you bud Guys, you can find me on Twitter and or the Instagram. Just search Matt Turner OF. Any questions, comments, you guys want to talk about anything? I know the world's a crazy, scary place, you know, between this virus going around and this uh, unneeded war going around. So if I can distract anybody with some wrestling or some heavy metal talk or some uh, some comic book talk, by all means, uh, just uh, hit me up over there. I'm Matt Turner OF, and uh, we really appreciate it. Um, and until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys again soon. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.